Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. My name, like Bill said, is Cynthia Ortega. I serve as a youth and young adults pastor here. Normally, I do mid-service, so we're just kind of switching roles today, and I, I like it. It's awesome. Um, a few things about me. First of all, I work with anyone from seventh grade to the age of 30, so if you're not in that category this morning, I still love you, but those are the people that have my heart closest to them, and so I'm just really grateful to be here at EPEG and to be serving you guys. Are you ready for today's message? Are you sure? Okay. This morning, I want you to leave challenged, and I really hope, really, this has been my prayer all week, that something would ignite in you, whether it's passion to follow these things through, or whether it's the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, I just really want you to leave with a desire to put these things into practice. Because we can come to church, I've gone to church, I've listened to incredible messages, and then by next Sunday I forgot what I learned. But this morning I want you to be so like, gosh, I want to make that happen in my life so that you leave changed. Are you guys ready for that? Okay, so you kind of have to leave with homework to do. Anybody love homework? No, no, okay. If you have your phone and you're taking notes, go ahead and pull it out. Or if you have a notebook, taking notes with a classic pen, that's amazing. Um, on Wednesday nights here in the auditorium, we have provided journals for all of our students to take notes because I truly believe it can help you remember the important things. So if you have notes, go ahead and pull those out this morning. Today's message is titled... Love God, love people. Love God, love people. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. Now, this week, as I was saying, God, what can I bring to the table on Sunday? What can I preach? What can I share? Like, please just give something to me, okay? Because that's how pastors kind of prepare. And instead of just giving me a title and a passage of scripture, God was like, I'm actually going to make you live out these things first in the first few days of the week, and then you can prepare yourself to present it on Sunday. Because when I say that loving people can be really difficult sometimes, you guys, it is really difficult for me sometimes. Does anybody else ever feel that? Thank you. Okay, some honesty in here. It can be really difficult. And I'm not here to emphasize the hard part. I'm here for us to say, hey, God, I know I struggle with this, and I really want to change in the way that I have acted or how I have not loved people in the past. So starting in Matthew 22, verse 34, we're going to roll with it. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And in a similar account in Mark chapter 12, he gives us a few more details that I want to emphasize really quick. So Mark 12, starting in verse 28, Jesus says, or the person will ask, he, he asked him, of all these commandments, which one is the most important? So out of all the commandments, out of all the laws, out of all the things that have ever been written before, which one is the most important? And he answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I love what Jesus says in the next verse. Verse, there is no commandment greater than these. 
Verse 32, well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far away from the kingdom of God. So this morning I brought my Stanley with me. Anybody else own a Stanley? No? Oh my gosh, you guys, this is going to be rough. Okay, can't use that illustration. No, I'm kidding. In both accounts that Jesus addresses loving your neighbor with all your heart, loving God and loving your neighbor, he tells us something that's really important. And I want us to get to that as we digest and really dive into these verses in the next few minutes. Each time that these Pharisees and Sadducees, really people who were elite in the law, people who saw themselves as religious leaders, people who saw themselves, if you read through the Gospels, they thought they were better than everybody else every single time. And every single time they questioned Jesus, they were hoping that he would answer in error to everything that they had ever been taught with all the laws and commands they knew. And in fact, their lives were centered around knowing these things. And if they ever caught an individual not following through or not being obedient to these things, they would call them out. And again, that's why they saw themselves as elite and better than everybody else. And so every time that Jesus had a conversation with them, their whole, their whole goal, their intention was to catch him in error and to make sure that they could accuse him of doing something or saying something that was incorrect. And they honestly, they took pride in how much they had studied because they had put in a lot of work into knowing the scriptures, the laws, and the commands that were given in all of the things that they had learned. But when Jesus came into their stories, anyone thankful that Jesus has come into your story like he has changed your life? When Jesus came into their stories, they were taken back by how much he knew about the laws and commands, considering the little education he had in comparison to themselves. So they understood that Jesus really wasn't educated like they had been, and yet every time they questioned him or they would ask him a question or, or, or really debate with him, he always had an answer that was so beautifully said that they could not accuse him of being against what God had said. Now, let's be honest. Jesus kind of, he spit fire sometimes, okay? So there were definitely times he said things and they're like, oh no, that's not right, that's not right. But he never went in error of, of what was really true and that's to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. He never said anything against those two greatest commandments that we find in scripture. And when he answered their question, which they asked him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law, they, they could find nothing wrong with what he said. Now, some people might take these accounts and say, man, Jesus was debating about politics and religion and all of these different things about perspectives. But what I would tell you this morning, because I have seen some of my favorite people in the entire world get stuck on this, and I've got stuck on this myself. Loving God and loving people, it's not about laws, it's not about politics, and it's not about religious perspectives. Loving God and loving people is what being a follower of Jesus is. So whether you're in this room this morning or you're engaging online, I want to challenge you to know and to believe and to follow this with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength that loving God and loving people, it's not something that scripture just talks about. It's what being a follower of Jesus is. And I'm going get to get to this in a moment. But 
If you claim to love God and be a follower of Jesus, it will always lead you to love people. Every single time. It will always lead you to love people because I know you know that when it comes to um, topics that are really sensitive and everybody has different perspectives, we all claim to love God. We all raise our hand in church on Sunday and then we go on social media and start raging about why people are awful and and evil and all these things. Loving God will always lead you to love people. So if you say, I'm a Jesus follower, if you tell that to your kids, if you tell that to your spouse, to your coworkers, to people at church, if you say that, I, I pray, and this is the same prayer for myself, I pray that you show that love to other people too, period. No buts, ands, or ifs about it. Two notes I want to make before we get into the practical part, because if you know me, you know I love practical, okay? Because I need to give you something that you can put into application. You can make it happen this week and not just leave it here in the comfy green chair before you leave today, okay? Okay, loving God requires your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What does this mean? I'm going to be really quick on this because we don't have all day. Loving God with all your heart means your greatest passion and desire is him. Okay, so when you're like, what does it mean to love God with all your heart? Your greatest passion and desire is God himself. Okay, like you are so in love with God. It's like he just drives you. That he is your greatest passion and your greatest desire. Loving God with all your soul, to simplify it, your emotions are driven towards him. Okay, your emotions, everything you're driven towards him in addition to being passionate about him. Loving God with all your minds. I love this one. You are intentionally choosing him. It's more than just feelings. Okay, so when you say I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, you're saying I am not just, it's not just a feeling. It's not that I just have a passion and a desire. It's that every single day I'm intentionally saying I choose Jesus because it's a mind thing. You're saying I choose him. And loving God with all your strength. Your best energies and efforts go into following him. Your best energies and efforts go into following him. Man, there's been seasons in my life where I put more effort into fill in the blank than I have into following God. I mean, there's just, I don't want to go through all the examples, but what I'm trying to say this morning is to say I love God with all my strength. It's saying each and every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to put my best energies and efforts towards him. And there's going to be days where I'm not going to do my best, but thank the Lord that God saved me and he forgives me and he's gracious towards me. And that in those moments where I fail, God is like, I know you failed and I still love you. Let's start again in this next moment as we continue to journey together. The second note, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, but loving God is the result, sorry, loving people is the result of loving God. I can teach you and you can read scripture and you can listen to messages and you can hear from Pastor Chris that what loving God and loving people looks like practically, but if we don't have an application or a way to put it into our practice, it kind of just becomes a message and not something that we live out in our everyday life. Because let's be honest. The same hands that are raised high during worship on a Sunday morning are the same hands that you extend during the week to somebody who needs that extra love or who needs that that care or who needs you to just be concerned about their well-being for the day or for the week. You know, the same hands that uh, say, oh, that, that are raised during worship, you know, I've had the same hands that are raised in worship be the same hands that text I forgive you to someone who's really offended me and triggered me. Because every single day when I wake up, my love for God is going to lead me to love other people. And the same is true for you, and we're going to get into the practicals. Are you guys ready for this? Yes? Okay. Everyone say, let's go. 
Okay, good. Now, the first, when I say God has really uh, worked on me this week to work on these things, he has, so I'm not a professional at this, but I want to share what I truly believe can help change the way we love other people. Loving people, this is the first note, if you're taking notes, this is your first point. Loving people is easier when you pray for them. Loving people is easier when you pray for them. So I have four brothers and three sisters, for those of you who don't know my family story. And I'm number seven of eight, so basically the baby and the favorite and, you know, all the things. Like, who doesn't love Cynthia Ortega? But <laughs> I've heard this saying that your siblings, um, you, like, you will have the longest relationship with them over anybody else in your life. Because, you know, your parents will one day pass on and you don't meet your spouse if you get married till later on in life and your kids will outlive you. So there's just a saying that you and your siblings will have the longest relationship ever, which dear Lord help me because whew, we're only at 21 and it is hard sometimes, you guys. Because honestly, when there's eight of us, we have different stories. We might have the same parents, but we have different stories. We have different families. We believe in different things. We don't look the same. We disagree on a lot of things. Someone says this to mom. I don't like it. So I say this to someone. And it's just like, it's just a cycle. Okay. Does anybody have siblings and you get what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Thank you. So for some reason, my siblings and I, or really this is a Cynthia problem, not a sibling problem. I have the most difficult time loving my siblings sometimes. Because when it comes to my spouse and we don't agree on something, like we're going to go home together, so we might as well just figure it out now because there's no sense on just wasting time being upset. Or when my, let's say my parents upset me again, this is a me problem, not a them problem. Like I'm just going to forgive them because, you know, I love mom and dad and I just want to fix everything. But when it comes to siblings, at the end of the day, they go home, I go home. If I don't want to talk to them, I just put my phone on do not disturb and I don't see them often. So it's really easy when I don't want to love them. It's really easy for me just to, to go with it. Like, if I'm being honest. And now I'm not here this morning to be like, oh, if you don't love your siblings, like, ah, it's fine. Cynthia doesn't sometimes either. What I'm here to say is that sometimes the closest people in your life can be the people that are really difficult to love. And sometimes we think that, like, loving our enemies means the people, like, the mean coworkers or the neighbors we never see. No, sometimes loving our enemies is, like, loving your siblings really well when they've done something to offend you and to hurt you. And so... Loving people is easier when you pray for them. Now, let me tell you something. I used to pray, God, change my brother to be more like you. You know what I'm saying? And what I found to be the most effective is the prayers that say, God, bless them. God, give them wisdom. God, I don't know what they're going through. Like, yeah, we may be close, but there are things that maybe they'll never share with me, and yet you know them. Be with them in the valleys. Be with them as they climb the mountaintops. Give them the desires of their heart. Encourage them. I found that those are the prayers that have given me a, a heart to love them even more in the moments when I don't want to do it. So this morning, if you're taking, like, anything away from this message— I would just encourage you this week that when it is really difficult to love someone else, to not say, God, change them, but to say, God, change me, for starters. And I just pray that you would bless them and that their lives would be lives that you are in every single moment of. 
Because if you can do that, like imagine taking this whole message and this week, the result of it, of you listening today, the result is that instead of hating on your sibling or hating on the people that are really hard to love, you actually just pray a blessing over them. And I tell you, when I have done that, it has changed my life. And, you know, we still got a lot of years to live with my siblings, so we'll see how this goes in 10 years. But I just know that if I can apply it now, God's going to continue to change even the most difficult people to love, which sometimes is them. Loving people is easier when you pray for them. Okay, point two this morning. Loving people is easier when you don't make them the enemy. Loving people is easier when you don't make them the enemy. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're not the enemy. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you aren't the enemy either. I love when spouses say that to each other. You guys really need to know that this morning. But seriously, can we please stop making people the enemy? Because there is only one enemy. His name is Satan. He's really evil. He likes to get you triggered and you offended. He loves things that bring division. He loves politics. He loves COVID. He loves football. Hashtag go Lions. He loves social media, religions, Chick-fil-A versus Canes, and the list goes on. He's sneaky, and let me tell you, he will get you to argue over really stupid things. Like, you look like an idiot, okay? You're just arguing over stupid things. And me too. But one of his favorite things to do is to make you to make you think that other people are the enemy. And you see, when you see an individual as the enemy, when that's really not who it is, it's this it's Satan working behind the scenes. But when you see another individual as the enemy, you will fight against, you will work away from, and you will build up hate for that person. And let me tell you, before you know it, if you don't catch yourself, you're going to look more like Satan than you do a Jesus follower. Because he loves to bring division and he loves for you to look at your sibling or your spouse or your child or your coworker or your neighbor and be like, that person's the enemy. I'm going to build a wall up against them. But the truth is, Satan is working overtime, and I tell you, I don't like working overtime, but it's something he loves to do because he will convince you that somebody else in your life, somebody that he created, in, that God created in God's image, he will convince you that that person is the enemy and that you should work away, away from that person every single day of your life. So this morning, I will tell you this, it is a lot easier to love people when you do not make them the enemy. And guess what? When you make somebody else the enemy, you're taking the real culprit who is Satan. You're taking him out of the picture. And you're like, oh, Satan doesn't exist. Just this person that I really, really don't like because, oh, they offended me and triggered me. So this morning, loving people will always be easier when you don't make them the enemy. Your siblings are not the enemy. Your parents aren't the enemy. Where all my students at? I know, it's hard. Sometimes you're like, mom and dad, oh, they're the enemy. They won't let me do this. No, your parents aren't the enemy. Your coworkers aren't the enemy. Someone needs to hear this. Your spouse is not the enemy. If you need marriage counseling, go get it. Like, your, your spouse is not the enemy. And he will destroy your marriage if you think he is or she is. Your pastor isn't the enemy. If the message is convicting you, it's because the Holy Spirit's working on you, not because your, your pastor's coming at you because they know stuff about your life, okay? Your pastor is not the enemy. Your children are not the enemy. Your teachers are not the enemy. The only enemy is Satan. Anybody like working overtime? Thank you. 
Thank you. Nobody does, yet he will do it to convince you that that is true and it is not. Look at your, look at your neighbor again and say, you aren't the enemy. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are not the enemy either. Are you guys ready for my third and final point? You guys are going to get out of here in an hour. Are you excited? Someone says, take my time. I only got so much plan here. You know, I was telling my husband, Pete, this morning, like, prayer and preparation has already gone into this message, so I'm just here to present it and have fun with you guys, because I want you to remember this. I truly want you to remember this. The third point this morning, and this is, this is really a truth, and we're going to just kind of digest it together. Loving people is easier at church, unless you work there, okay? Pastor Walter knows what I'm talking about. Because, <laughs> you know, this is my job, right? These are my coworkers. You guys are my people. But loving people is easier at church, okay? So imagine this. Imagine you drive into campus on a Sunday morning if you're engaging on campus. You pull in. You walk up the sidewalk. Our amazing, incredible, just so great frontline team, they're there. They open the door for you. You don't even have to open the door. You go into the lobby. There's people with great big smiles, and they're like, welcome, good morning, so great to see you. The bathroom's that way. The kids' wing is that way. And if you have kids, you get to bring them to the phenomenal EPEG kids' wing. Can we make some noise for them? They are so great. Yes. So you bring your kids, you get like an hour of free babysitting, and then you take your sticker and you make sure you don't forget it because when you pick them up, you have to have the sticker because, you know, safety first. And you walk into the auditorium and you have just an encouraging, incredible time of worship. I mean, can we give it up for Pastor Nick and the worship team? They're amazing, right? And just, oh, you can just feel the spirit of God is moving. And then Pastor Chris does a fire message, and you're, like, challenged and changed, and you just want to go out and start preaching on the corners because it was so good. And then you head out into the lobby again, and if you come early enough for second or you stay after first, there's these donut holes, which are so good. And if you can't decide which one you want, you just grab two boats, and you get a hot cup of coffee. I mean, this is the just most dreamy, perfect Sunday morning, right? EPEG. It's what we're all about, right? Like, we just love people. We love Jesus. We love all these things. And if you grab your donuts and coffee, you go and sit at a table, and, and before you know it, someone comes and joins you, and you have a new bestie, and you guys are already friends on Facebook, and you guys are just, like, building community, and you love it. And then you pick up the kids. And then you get in the car. And then the kids are hungry and cranky because you woke them up early for church and they want lunch. And you don't want to go to McDonald's, but that's what they're really crying about. So you, you start to, I don't know, maybe the Spirit of God is kind of starting to leave you a little bit. Because there's a shift. Your spouse wants to go grocery shopping. Anyone feel that? Like your spouse wants to go grocery shopping after church and you're like, I just want to go home, okay? Like, please. Your in-laws are coming over for lunch and all you wanted to do was take a nap and watch the game and now you have to entertain them. The waiter got your order wrong. There's a long line for gas at Costco and don't even get you started on the prices of gas these days. Maybe you're a student or you're in college or you're still furthering your education and instead of just relaxing on your day off, you have to do homework and you have to get ready for Monday because, oh no, it starts all over again. Or maybe you're trying, I'm pretty sure it's Prairie Center Drive, you're trying, or Prairie Center Drive exit, and you're trying to get off, and it's closed, and oh no, now you're super late for the thing you're already were late for. 
it's like, oh gosh, where did God go? Because he was just at church and it was really easy to love my family, my spouse, when he was sitting there raising his hands next to me in worship. And it was really easy to just love my kids because they're so cute. And then we get in the car and it's just like chaos. When I say loving people is easier at church, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because we, we need to start here. You need to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need to love your spouse that drives you crazy sometimes. You need to love your kids where for the 10th time you're saying no. You need to love the people who are sometimes really difficult to love. It starts here and that's a good thing because let me tell you, the enemy is gonna get scared when people in the church are getting really good at loving each other there. Like, cause it, it just changes things. But, but as much as that is true, our love for people can't stop at Eden Prairie Assembly of God on a Sunday morning, the moment you get into your car and get ready to go back home. Because if it does, then what's the whole point of the church going out into the world and, and, and changing the world to, and loving them well? I want to tell you these last few things this morning, and then we're going to wrap up. I don't know who needs to hear this, but your spouse needs your love. Because I, I work with uh, seventh grade all the way to age 30, and let me tell you, the easiest thing for me to identify is kids who come in with, with parents that have a messed up marriage or it didn't work or it's, it's messy and it's chaotic. I can just tell right away. So if you're here this morning and you're married or whatever, I just wanna tell you, your spouse really needs your love today and this week. And if you can start start there, gosh, I really truly believe you can change the people around you to love God more because they see your love for your spouse. Your coworkers, anyone got coworkers? They need your love. Like they might be so annoying and gosh, you just wish they would get fired. I don't know. But they really, they need your love. Because if you claim to go to church on Sunday and be a Jesus follower, then on Monday at work, your love for people should be so obvious. Your children, they need your love. Raise your hand if you have a kid. Your children need your love. If you're a grandparent, your kid, your, your child who also has kids, your kid just needs to know that you love them and that you're doing well because I have seen so many parents who are trying to raise kids and, and instead of having a support of parents to them, they're just, their parents are telling them, oh, you're doing this wrong, oh, you should do it this way or don't do that, da, 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 da. No, your, your kids just need your love, okay? They really do. Your boss needs your love. Your siblings, they need your love. Your teachers need your love. Do we have any teachers in the room? Yeah, I love it. They need your love too, guys. They need it so much. Your barista, anyone go to a coffee shop this week or this past week? Your barista needs your love. Please don't yell at them if they get your order wrong. Don't be a Karen, please, please, please don't. It's so crusty. <sighs> yeah. Your friends need your love. Your pastors need your love. I know we, we look like we can do it all, but when you send us your love, it, it really changes how the job goes it really does it's amazing your church needs your love please don't stop loving the church because there's enough people out there talking bad about it and making it sound like it's just this this terrible thing to be a part of your church really needs your love and I promise you that when we can love each other well like I said earlier when we can love each other well here it really does change things 
the most difficult relationships in your life, they need your love. I, I know you know who that person is because when I talk about your enemy or this person, like you just get tense thinking about them. Like you just, you, you unfriended them on Facebook. You can't stand them. You just hate seeing them at family events. That person really needs your love. And I don't know what it looks like for you and I'm not here to give a formula that fits every situation. But what I'm here today to tell you is that we are to love God and love people because those are the two greatest commandments that God has given us in scripture. This morning, I challenge you to do both of those things really well. I hope you are ignited with the passion. I don't want you to leave here just like, oh, such a great message. I want you to leave here saying, man, I really wanna do one of those three things so well today and this morning. And when you get in the car and when you leave and pull out of this driveway and that one thing starts ticking you off, I want you to be like, Pastor Cynthia said it would, but I'm not gonna do the same thing I've always done because I want to get a different result than the, the results I've had for the past few weeks, always getting nippy when I get in the car, right? Like I want to change and I want this message to be something that ignites something in you, a spark, passion, a desire to love God and love people well. Would you guys stand as I pray for you this morning? You guys are awesome. I've seen some of you guys here, you have loved people and you love God so well. You are my inspiration. And yet in the same time, there's people here just like me and we're saying, God, today we want to love you and love others better than we've done it before. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, thanks for today. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We know that the greatest commandments you've given us are to love you and to love people. And yet, Lord, we know that there's something we struggle with on a daily or weekly basis. God, today I just pray that we love you first with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, I pray that we love people so well. I hope this message is more than just being practical. I hope it's more than just a, a time to be with other people, God. I pray that it's something that changes the way that we have lived our lives. And Lord, this week we live them even better than what we've done before. Thank you for your people. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that they would leave this parking lot, that they would um, leave engaging online, that they would change just the way that they've always done things. Thanks for today. And I do pray that you would bless Pastor Chris and his family, bring them back to us safely. In your name I pray.